Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot CEO. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode. Hello, gentlemen. How are you? Good. Happy Sunday. It's Great day. I was about to say, yeah. Well, you. Mm. It's a good Monday. Not actually good Monday, but no, no. It's a. It's good Friday, isn't it? What's the Monday? Is there a fancy Monday? Yeah, isn't there? Uh, Daniel, is Easter always a Monday? Is that what it is? No, so Easter is on the Sunday, but usually, like people say, Easter Monday, and then that's right. usually like another holiday. But you don't get that in university. Happy Easter Monday in July. They say Christmas in July. Happy Easter in July. For a couple months. Happy late. Halloween in July. Exactly. Is well, depending Halloween on, on a when people listen to this, right? Happy Chinese New Year in July. I remember. Uh, I thought you were going to point to me. Um, I remember... Um, you're not Chinese, though. I am. I'm half Chinese. Oh, you're half Chinese. I thought you were something else. I was like, okay, because if I had done that, you weren't Chinese. We might have had to restart the episode. Yeah, that's okay. Um, I remember uh, there's a podcaster where he wouldn't actually say, you know, this is what's going on with my life right now because he's like, I don't know when you're listening to this. Maybe it's snowing. Maybe it's the summertime, but you know how social media works. You're probably going to listen to this three months after the fact or eight months after. I like that. So what's really funny is I'm in Pickering, right? And I forgot last time I was here, I had some Lego under where I normally record, like on a pullout part where you put the keyboard. And I forgot that last time I was here, I made a little Stanley cup shaped piece of Lego and now my heart hurts because I'm not over the loss. Bad week for Adam. First, we see it. First is yeah. Just hold on. I just put it up. It's not great, but it's it's. Oh, I like oh, it. Yeah, you know, cool. it's just a little Stanley Cup, and it just didn't. Uh, it give it, it to the panda beside behind you. Yeah, it's it's been a bad week. First the Habs, then England. <laughs> it's not great. Yeah, not it's great. It's not coming home. Uh, England. Uh, sorry, England. Halloween is on a Sunday this year. Is it? Yeah. Huh? That sucks. That's brutal. I just would, like, if there's a weekday of Halloween, like, the next day, if it's a weekday, I mean, should just be canceled. Like, why are we not, where's the common, I, I always say this, where's the common sense rule? Like, who cares yeah. about family day? You like, know how, just, yeah. yeah. Well, it's crazy that, I mean, like, it's very unfortunate that there wasn't really, a, like, a quote-unquote traditional halloween because it was on a saturday like if i was a kid oh, right yes, during yeah. like in 20 if i was a kid oh, i would have loved that man. it's like a once in a like once in a lifetime i wish i was still that age and i could just get a pillowcase full of candy <sighs> that's a shame anyway for free for free for free, yeah. Uh, <sighs> that one family that like give out like cans of coke, and you're like, what? Oh my gosh! You know, we actually had an episode where we talked about this. Like that was the cold yes, opening where I think so. we literally talked about our favorite Halloween trick or treat memories. And yeah, the can of cokes I remember, or the full size bars. Yes, yes, classic, classic, classic. So listen, the cup's not coming to Montreal. It's not coming home to England. Is the Euros or anything? 
Well, I'll tell you what is happening in the world, and that is NHL news is happening. Last time at the end of the episode, I'm pretty sure I said, if there is not some developments around the league by the time we record this episode, then, like, nuts. And we had just rumors to talk about. In fact, half of the, the subjects we have to mention today are all from 31 Thoughts, the blog. Um, fortunately, though, we have the Canadian teams who uh. just love making questionable moves. Starting with... I was going to say news of the day, but both of these things happened today. Exactly. So I guess we can start with the more recent stuff. The Duncan okay. to Edmonton stuff seemed all but sh- all but done. But then like a few days ago, it sounded like maybe it was cooling off and there was a bit of a standstill. And Edmonton had a sort of take it or leave it offer. And I really hope that the offer that they gave up today, which was Duncan Keith going from Columbus, Columbus, from Chicago, he waves his no move clause. He will apparently retain that no move clause going into the expansion draft. Lucky duck. No money retained on Duncan Keith. The full cap hit will be going his way. Uh, sorry, to the Oilers' way. That is $5.5 million this year and next. In exchange... The Blackhawks get Caleb Jones in a third-round pick. I I just don't get it. I saw Adam Wilde tweet that they gave up a, a pick and Caleb Jones for an overage assistant coach. And I think that about, uh, that really sums this trade up perfectly. I, I don't – I see the value of adding Duncan Keith – but yes. I don't see the value in adding Duncan Keith at full price and having to pay a third round pick when, let me just pull this up here one second. They don't have many picks. Uh, they don't have their, or they have their first, they don't have their second or third. They have their fourth. They don't have a fifth. They have two sixths and a seventh. Uh, so did, did they say, oh, it must be next year's third. So this your second is the Andreas Athanasiu trade, right? Right. The seconds are Andreas Athanasiu Athanasiu trade. I'm just this kind of weird here. Can we talk about the fact that that Ken Holland at the deadline said he you can't go in all year and followed that up with Duncan Keith for for third and a young prospect? What's funny is what I what I kind of felt about this is a lot of the times people mention like, oh, Ken Holland, great guy. Like, you know, he, he is one of like the expert voices in the league. I'm not saying he's not, but man, does this feel like a 2009, 2010 Detroit Red Wings type of move? Just uh, you trade away a young asset and draft picks to get another veteran to add to your team. Like he did that with David Leguan. He did that with, who else did he do that with? He did it with... Oh, Eric Cole. Kyle Quincy, too. He gave yeah. him Vasilevsky, basically, like the pick. So it's, it's not great. I just, I don't see... The track record's there. Like the, yeah, it fits the track record, but that doesn't, that doesn't change the fact that this trade just... Listen, I made the argument Edmonton was the team to make this trade. I just didn't think they were stupid enough to make the trade like this. Like these assets... At, the thing I can't get over is you got the full cap hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you gave up like 
what Caleb Jones, yes, he's 24, but from what I've read and what I've heard over the season about Caleb Jones, he seems to be like he's supposed to be good. Like he's not going to be a top end prospect or top end player, but he's supposed to be a good defenseman and say what you want about Caleb Jones, but giving him up in a trade for 38 year old Duncan Keith, who makes 30, sorry, 37 year old Duncan Keith, who makes over $5 million. And like, to me, adding Duncan Keith means, okay, we are sheltering him. Like, what are you going to do? Play him? 25 30 like 25 minutes a night like you can't use him like you use darnell nurse and let's say they don't have clef bomb you can't use him as clef bomb you know what's i find really really funny here is is the word is chicago really wanted caleb jones because they're trying to make a push for yeah. seth jones yeah which is like, okay cool whatever that's your play Kind of goes against their whole rebuild strategy, by the way, um, which was, you know, whatever. Like, I, I get if the, if the Oilers, because they have other young defensemen. We think of Evan Bouchard. We think of Philip Broberg. But it's just the move to also, and by the way, defensemen take longer to develop. It, it's a proven fact. Um, so I, I just don't know. I don't think, I'm going to echo what I said about when the Canucks got Tyler Toffoli. You know, if a, if a team like Tampa made this move, you could be like, like as in not this exact trade, but they make this kind of overpaid move to bring in the defense. Like I, I, I referenced it like the, the Hemo team in trade before we started uh, the show. You know, after that, the, the Blackhawks turn into a dynasty. The move for the Oilers in this point in time when they've won a single playoff round in the McDavid era, including just coming off a sweep, against the Jets, who then got swept the following round, your move is not to bring in some help forward to get McDavid the best line mate he's had since Pat Maroon. I'm not letting go of that. The move is to bring in Duncan Keith at the... And I the reaction I keep seeing from Oilers fans, which I think is hilarious, is, well, you're getting a Hall of Famer. I'm aware of that, but guess what? Neither of us were the teams we cheer for and see, oh, great, we're getting early 2000s Jason Spezza and Corey Perry. No, his, that's, that's done. It doesn't matter if he's a Hall of Famer. Like, if, you just, if it's a sign, you're like, whatever. You didn't cost you any assets. He will teach the young defenseman. However, when there is no cap available and you need your assets and you need your picks, especially because the Athamasil and uh, Athamasio and the Andy Green deal, like, they didn't work. Oh, Mike Green, sorry didn't work out whatever but it's just after the nothing being done at the trade deadline and then everything together for duncan keith who was advanced numbers were god awful and again 37 and he has so much playoff wear and tear on that body what are you doing someone someone texted me who like doesn't follow hockey closely but gets the gist of it was he asked me he goes is like, is this their way of trying to keep McDavid? And I go, maybe, but if that's the move Ken Holland makes, like that's that's embarrassing. And I just I just want to bring something up here. This is from Jonathan Willis, I believe, of the Athletic. Yep, the Athletic. Um the Duncan Keith trade is the tipping point. We're no longer really allowed to talk about Ken Holland's hands being tied financially by Peter Shirelli. Keith plus Cassian combined for $9.1 million in cap space, and both were Holland decisions. He had money. This is how he's used it. Like, remember when McDavid gave up money? We talked about it last episode. 
uh, McDavid gave up a million dollars. And part of that went to Milan Lucic. Mm-hmm. It's like, so you're giving, you have all this money. You re-sign Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Great deal, by like pretty good deal. Length, whatever. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But then you add five full million dollars of Duncan Keith. Even if you buy out, it's weird, by the way, that we haven't seen any buyouts yet because the window's been open for a few days now. You could say like, okay, they're going to, maybe they look at buying out James Neal. At the same time though, it's, it's, I just, I don't make that deal. If you don't, I, 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 I'm sorry. I'm repeating myself here. I just can't get over that cap hit. I can't do it. Like I'm looking at their cap friendly right now. And it's just barren, guys. There's nothing there still. I just, it's not Duncan Keith of the past anymore. And and they still got to figure out what they're doing in that. What about this apparent offer that's been on the table for some of their other defensemen? Like, what are they doing with Barry and Larson? I don't think anything is like in paper for those guys yet. No, they, they're still UFAs on, on cap friendly. Just a messy situation. Just just completely messy. And an unnecessary trade, too, from the Oilers. Like, Ken Holland, he hasn't done anything positive, like, that has moved the needle for his team in the positive direction in so long. Like, what was it? Moving the Datsuk deal was probably the last big thing he did? I, I would have argued, I would yeah. have made the argument the Athanasiu deal was supposed to be positive, but I think the circumstances of the of the uh, of the season being stopped a week and a half, two weeks later were mm-hmm. unfortunate because I think by all accounts, like he should have worked well with McDavid. And I think if you had given him the time, it might've, but again, mm-hmm. like that's 2020 hindsight. Mm-hmm. Anything else you guys want to mention on this front? Um, my prediction was wrong. What was your prediction? I thought he, I said he was going to be the first captain of the Seattle Kraken. Ah, uh, yeah, that's true. By the way, uh, side note, obviously, great trade for the Blackhawks. Oh yeah, yeah. Nice yeah. to get that money off the books. Um, great, great stuff. Amazing stuff for them. I'm happy for them. Uh, actually, well, no, not 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 really. Actually, never mind. I should should have thought about that before I said that. They now have eleven million dollars uh, in cap space. In the How summer. much of that is going to go to Seth Jones? I wonder. Yeah, they're probably going to cuz I, I believe they had like five eligible defensemen that have to be protected, but they're going to they have to protect three. Yeah. Oh. So it's what? Caleb Jones, Riley Stillman and Connor Murphy because I really don't I think Zadorov is gone. Yeah. And they should not protect Calvin DeHaan. Man, that's just a whole lot of nothing. But hey, that's what they want to do. That's what I still don't get why are you going out there Seth Jones? Looking forward here, guys. Something I have just seen show up in the dock, actually, unless I missed it. The Blues, apparently, are interested. They're going to lose a really good player in Vod Tarasenko if they trade him. But if a guy hits free agency, apparently they're very interested in Gabriel Landeskog. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, this is from NHL.com's Lou Korach, I believe. Great name where he tweeted out free agency is two plus weeks away. And one of the coveted players will be Gabriel Laniscog. I'm told St. Louis blues will apply a full pitch effort for abs captain. If he hits the open market, the feeling is he'd be a great fit as a left wing teammate with pal Ryan O'Reilly and David Perron. 
pal? Are they are they pals? I guess they're pals. Yeah. When did Gabe Landeskog and Ronald Riley become friends? Oh wait, no. Yeah, yeah. they were they were teammates on Colorado. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, the blue. I mean, that's not a bad get if you're them. I mean, I I can only imagine how much he's gonna get in the open market. He's yeah. a good player, man. Like yeah, I don't is. think people talk enough about how good Gabe Landeskog is. Don't go to St. Louis. Well, okay, it's what we talked about last time. Like it's perfect in like not perfect, but it's ideal in Colorado, right? In terms of a window. And I know understandable like financial details. We don't know what's gonna happen with that. But if I'm him and you know you have similar looking contracts more or less and you're willing to go with either team, I would stick with Colorado. Daniel, I have a question for you. Yes. Um, will he be part of the sign-in trade with with uh, Colorado? So Vlad Tarasenko Don't is going to be going to Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> and Gabriel, Gabriel Landeskog will be going uh, the other way. Will he be part of that trade? Oh, my God. For the drama, I hope that would yeah, be fun. That would be something I would love to talk about to analyze. Also, it's... That'd be, that'd be huge. Like we don't see those types of deals anymore. That's fair. It'd be it like a NBA. hybrid one for one. We'd only see, unless... we see it in the NBA. Yeah. Right. Are you Adam? Are you going to bring up the Stanley cup? Yeah. So they just, a, a, a picture just came out of some of the, the lightning with the cup. I think it's Pat Maroon. Yep. And it's, it's the rim of it's bent. Like it's, it's dented. I think, but I think there, there's a rumor, right, that that's never actually the cup that goes around. I uh, yeah, I don't think that's the proper cup. Like, there's like three versions of the cup, isn't there? I have some respect for the cup, damn it! it right? Maryland, there's three. He there's also three. dented it too at like his house or something. I think yeah. someone went off like the diving board with it. Yes, yes. I wait, that. wait, wait. Who's gonna go off a diving board? With a, a super okay, I don't you know it's the Stanley Cup. I I hope, man, you, you know the what's the name of the guy? Is it um something Pritchard or Pitchford that goes around with the cup all the time? He's like the keeper and he looks like Rick Nash, not Rick Nash. He looks like um Rick Flair. God, if you're you know how nervous would you be if you're the guy who's supposed to watch the cup in quotations and you just see like here's Buddy walking around with a dented. Oh, I feel bad. I feel bad. I'm not over. By the way, like if I was a fan of any other team, I'd love what Kucherov's doing, but I just, the bitterness that's in within me, like the $18 million over the cap t-shirt that's is like, shirt. it's it's pure middle finger to everyone who's hated it. Um, I want to buy one. Are they for sale by curiosity? I'm sure you could, or they're going to be I'm like, really oh, get a Bud Light here. And it's like, doop 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 Sure. Dan Milstein must be a great agent. Everything that's going on there. I can't, I can't. I know that we, we, we mentioned that there's not a lot of personality sometimes with the NHL, but honestly, like I more or less, I like the trend. I like that they had the, you know, bunch of jerks for Carolina and oh, yeah. then they have this now, or even what is it? The shirt you bought that it was three, one. Yeah, it was three, one. Yes. Yeah. Where did you buy that? Uh, at Trico Spot, which is like the the apparel shop that's like attached oh. to the Bell Center and all so that. They bought it from like a blogger online or something. No, no, no. It was like a shirt that Montreal designed in like. Oh, okay, okay. And they sell, yeah, yeah. It's great, and it has like for those of you who don't know, because I don't even mention it on the show. It's like it has four different pictures, and it's like the best moments from the series versus the Leafs in Montreal. And in the back, it says it was three hyphen one. Great stuff. Great stuff. Great T-shirt. Um. I'm gonna go mini golfing with a friend of mine in a few weeks. I'm gonna wear it. He's a Leafs fan. It's good stuff. Yeah. 
not over the cup final. God damn it. All right. When uh, when in Alex, when can Alex and I join with you guys? I don't know. Come on. Okay. We'll Where are we going mini golfing? We'll have a two. Oh, there's a place in, in Markham. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, no, no. It's while well, I'm in Pickering. Oh, okay. we'll, we'll, you know, it's a place in Markham. It's actually like a legit like mini golf, like two different What's courts. What's it called? I don't know what it's called. The putting edge? Pirate ship. I don't know what. I couldn't tell you uh, if you said it. Anyway, who does golf Markham? I don't know. No, Daniel's, I don't. Daniel searching it up or just <laughs> running through the the uh, roll decks in his head. <laughs> the Ottawa Senators. <laughs> we're doing. Re- I feels like every time we talk about the Sens, it starts with the Sens were doing so well until, yeah, until. today. <laughs> they have hired as vice <laughs> as <laughs> VP of player development. Pierre, Mag- sorry, let me say this properly. Former head coach of the Hartford Whalers, Pierre Maguire is a new VP, senior VP of player development with the Ottawa Senators. Now, I think before we we go forward here, we should talk about the positives because the reaction has been that of. A lot of fun is, I think, I'll say for hockey players. Um, and trust me, there there is a lot to criticize about this hire. However, it's got to be pretty cool if you're a player and all of a sudden your VP of hockey development knows about your whole story as a player. And it's like, ah, oh, so you played double A, you know, triple A for the Holden Hurricanes and won the OMHA title at that, but that, but that, but that. And all that, you'll uh, you'll know their histories, I guess. But uh, this is such a weird hire. It, it, it's really cool that, uh, like, sure, that's really cool. But I think we're just pulling at strings to find the positives here. It's just how do you hire a guy that is so anti-analytics? Because he's so obnoxious about it. Like when he did the the NBC broadcast, and yeah, that. or the splitting checklets interview. I haven't watched it. I don't. It was um, when he talked about Barclay Goudreau and Blake Coleman. Like those are the guys you win with, and then everybody said like they're the people that would represent good analytical numbers. And then Reese is another one. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing, guys? Like, here's my one thing: Um, do not put him with players. Because I don't like we've heard the stories from Kipper. We've heard like there's uh, stories out there you can find. It's just like well, there was one that was like I, I was just so happy when he was fired. It was like the best thing for the team when he was fired as head coach. Not because it like not in the way you think of like we've had discussions with Babcock and other people, but it's just like what are we doing here? There's a saying in England of he's doing the head in. He's in like he's just. I hate saying this, but it, it sounds like he's just really annoying. Yeah. <laughs> like, the interviews he's had with like Kessel and Crosby about like the breath and like, like there's videos of him, like, like patting one of the players on the button. He just like, what are you doing, man? It's just, oh. he's a weird, he's a weird dude. Like he knows. I don't think what's funny is I don't think there's anyone who actually knows more about hockey than Pierre Maguire. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like hockey from 30 years ago. Should I say this? Yeah. Like there's no one I'd rather have on my, my hockey trivia team than Peter. Yeah. Paul. Yes. Not yes. Mike. No. Not Mike. no See, he doesn't. some people claim to know everything. About- <laughs> <laughs> McGuire actually knows like everything. Yeah. Even though when he went on about that famous streak in Hartford, where he's like, where he won 12 straight games. And it was just the fact checking show. He was complete. Yeah. He think, uh, I, I, Sorry, go ahead, Dan. Go no, ahead. I just kind of felt like it's, it just, 
even when he was a reporter, even when he was doing all those interviews, he was saw him a lot for TSN, for NBC. It's just one of those guys that's kind of caught in the between where you'll see certain guys where they, they're already at a point now, I think, in terms of the journalism where they'll touch on their inexperience of the game, right? Like a Ray Ferraro. And well, they'll keep it at that and it's just still, you know, just straight up reporting on things. But I think with Pierre Maguire, it's that in between where it's like, I know this world. I've been, you know, I'm, I'm one of the guys, quote unquote, that he still has like, he's still like in between both worlds. If, if, if that makes sense. I think that's a really good point, actually. It does. He, he does give off that impression. I just like VP of, of this role that he, he is doing of player development at the same time, this is a very significant hire in in this in the stage of the the Sens are in a very sweet, sensitive spot right now in a way that they're going to be heavily dependent on young players naturally, and they've got a lot of important players coming through the pipeline right now. Um, guys again who are in in the college systems, who are in who are in the CHL, like they've they've even got that Lassie Thompson, the guy like overseas. I just think you need to make sure you have the right hire. And when you hear about how we had this great interview with Eugene Melnick, like, so what was it? Someone asked Dorian, did you just hire your replacement? He's like, no, but you just like a guy who gets along with Eugene Melnick is already a red flag. Like, excuse me. I, I just, I want you guys to think about, about something for a second. Next year, we'll have an 82 game season where the Ottawa senators will have Eugene Melnick, Pierre Dorian and Pierre McGuire in the same organization. And I'd love to be in Ottawa. Could you imagine the PR of, hey guys, so Chris Phillips just left and, you know, we lost touch of another one of our charities, but Pierre McGuire. Like, it just, it, it must feel like constantly be slapped in the face. Oh. Is Thomas Shabbat like, Give like a Jack Eichel type of quote. But wherever where I am, like wherever I am. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. He goes, he's going to cop his agent. Can, like, can we avoid that deal? Yeah. I'm sure it, was, it was six years, six, eight years. I'm sure it wasn't like six months. <laughs> Does Brady Kachuk re- requests a trade right now. Like, oh, oh shucks. <laughs> Does he have a uh, no move clause? Not until 2024. Okay. Oh, that's that's uh, that's not good. That's not good at all. <laughs> Pierre Maguire, thank you, Ottawa, and thank you, Edmonton. Thank you, Edmonton. Uh, we love you Round very, very much. Great stories. There's a lot of stuff around the Canadian teams where you're just like, oh boy, uh, they are. It's not getting any time any better any any soon here. Yeah. So we can thirty-one thoughts. This is thought number six. Elliot Friedman, great guy. I want to read this, and I, I I want to make sure I'm not overreacting to this. But number six, quote: Calgary has begun extension dis- extension discussions with Johnny Goudreau. This is purely my guess, but Flames probably have to jump over Matthew Kachuk's seven million per season. He's at six point seven five now, and that's in reference to what Johnny Goudreau is. I'm kind of concerned, and I jokingly said a couple of shows ago that the Flames aren't going to do everything. 
it's kind of weird that we're hearing about extension talks and maybe this could be Calgary gauging it to tell other teams, but then you'd maybe hear about a sign and trade scenario that we're hearing about extension talks with Goudreau before we're talking about trade talks. Right. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but for me, when I read that, because I think you actually sent that to me, Adam, I don't remember what the, what the, what the context was, but when I saw that it was like, okay, so they've made a decision on who they will be trading. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's not Johnny Goudreau. Uh, it's Sean Monahan. I, I, you're not, nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change in Calgary. Not I don't trust both of them. That's what? the thing. That's the thing. How much money is he going to get? At least 7.5? 7.5 by 7. A well, right winger who has a lot of offensive well, talent, looking for a big payday. I just think of Vlad Tarasenko out the blue, seven point five eight years, something like that. We like to use this guy as his comparable. What does Phil Kessel make? Uh, well, he's not going to get like eight million. Eight million dollars. Well, well, yeah. No, no, he won't get eight million dollars, but he'll probably get less than that. Like, but it's his comparable. Uh, Nothing's gonna change there, man. Nothing's there's a there's a difference between like not not trading Marner and upsetting people yeah. and and not trading like Goudreau is is he a difference maker? Uh, I think they they thought he was, you know what I mean in Calgary, like he had those moments. Yeah. But I think he settled more into like what Alex said, like a Phil Kessel where he he is by all definitions a star player, but he is not a franchise player. Which is the exact same problem with Sean Monahan. Yeah, you have two Phil Kessels. So then the question <laughs> is, because you guys are saying you guys are arguing making the argument that even if you just trade Sean Monahan, nothing changes. Is that the like am I is, do I understand that correctly? That's what think, I'm saying at least. Oh, that's what you're saying. So th- what Okay, Daniel, go ahead. Oh, sorry. It just, I thought, I think it's more of keeping with what you know and trying to establish something because they really did spend a lot the last few seasons. Right. Rather than gauge the market and potentially get a lot less or the thing just really backfiring on them because I think like Goudreau's had a bit of that shine. He's had... I think it's it's been a bit more dim the last two seasons, and mm-hmm. this is really not the time to trade him in terms of where his value is at and what people perceive him as. Then my question is, and, and I'm not saying I disagree with you guys. I'm just, do you, how do you fix this? Because I don't necessarily like if you trade Monahan and Goudreau, you're you have to get a significant piece back like to fill in that spot. And then you have to remember Matthew Kachuk's up next year. I know he's an RFA with Arb rights, but you still have to say, okay, like I, <laughs> how do we get Matthew Kachuk to stay? Well, it's funny, Daniel, you kind of mentioned gauging the market. Have they even done that? Like right. to see what they could get, you know what I mean? Like, I think at this point, Obviously, we and we talked about this before. You can't trade Markstrom. You, you can't trade Tanev. 
it really feels like Giordano's going to be gone, but you still have a lot of really good young talent like Anderson and Hannafin and, and the Manja Manjapani guy. Manjapani. You, you know, and all that. Um, and uh, not and, uh, Hampus, not Hampus, Jesus. Elias. Um, Elias Lindholm, another good player. You could, like, and we've talked about, yeah, the, via like all those, those contracts, they can't rebuild. However, you can retool. Right. You know, see what you can do. Change the identity of that squad because right now there is a stink in Calgary of they are not together and it can never truly move on if I think, in my opinion, at least with those two guys there. Are you going to lose out on it? Maybe. Um, if, if they don't, do you are you patient with it? Do you wait until the trade deadline or something? And you'll try and pull what happened with, with Matthew Shane and try and, and maybe True Living can all of a sudden just kind of save his image. I, I don't know. Um, it's just you could at least do the due diligence of, of seeing what is out there. Right. You know what I mean? There, it takes one team. It's not even one team. It takes two teams to start a bidding war. You know what I mean? And Goudreau does not make a lot of money right now. And I think Mon- I don't exactly know what Monahan's is, but what Goudreau's up next next season. Yep. Monahan the year after. Yeah, so like that's not going to be too crazy for a team. I just think you know it's you got to get rid of the stink there, man. You got to call in the exterminator. And the exterminator is you, you trade Goudreau to um, I don't know Edmonton. I was actually thinking oh, about wow. that for a split second. I'm like, hey, McDavid. It would be obviously it would never happen, no. but wouldn't it just be amazing? Like they would be wicked together. They would destroy worlds together. They would. Like Thanos, yeah. Inevitable. I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> Snaps around, guys. Snaps around. Anything else you want to talk about with Calgary? They are a mess. I think. I, yeah, go ahead, Daniel. If they trade one of them, then like that'll help establish like okay, we mean business. Mm-hmm. But it just it's I'm still in like that. What if they don't? What if they do? Kind of situation because. They trade Monaghan that fairly that further reduces their center depth, and I don't trust any of their centers. And then you trade Goudreau, and he's been like a de facto kind of like hopeful face of the franchise, like not a full fledged face of the franchise, but he's always had a bit of that hope where it's like, oh, we snagged him late in the draft. He was our guy for a while. It's just he's going through something. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen. The Calgary Flames. All right. Looking forward, other reports, other rumblings, some would say. We're going to look at Jake Voracek for a second here. Again, from 31 Thoughts, where would we be without Elliot Friedman? I always do wonder. And that's why he's going to come on our show. Hopefully, one day. Uh, Thought number 12, quote, I'm going to stress that this situation has been described as not acrimonious to me. But Philly and Jake Voracek have discussed that it might be time for a change as well. Voracek is expected to be left unprotected from the expansion draft and was told so, where former Flyers coach Dave Hackstall would weigh in. Should that fail, Philly will look elsewhere. There were three years left on his contract with cash slightly lower than his cap hit of $8.25 million. Both sides are also prepared for the possibility of um, a trade won't occur, so he stays put, but there will be a legit attempt to remove him. Uh, I think if there's a scenario, I remember back in 2015, I remember Voracek was like top three in scoring or something. He was 
the, the hype around Voracek has really fallen off the past couple of years. I know he's an older guy, but he was a two-way phenom not long ago. And maybe he really does need a new, a new change of scenery. And hockey is just such a closed-off sport. I wouldn't be surprised at all if he ends up with Hackstall in, in, in Seattle. Uh, I can see him going to Seattle. It's just, I, I think it depends on who, uh, like, <clears throat> there are going to be players out there with high cap hits um, available. And then it's a matter of, okay, are we taking uh, war check? Cause I also imagine JVR is going to be unprotected as well. Oh, yeah. uh, if, if they're, if they're keeping war check unprotected, JVR has to be. So it's like, okay, does Dave Haxall want to take one of these guys or does he go after Shane Gostishbeer who somehow worked really well under him? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's the cap hit and it's 8.25 for three years. And I know Seattle's fine with going to the cap, but it seems like they want cap flexibility going into free agency. And, you know, again, we had that discussion about Dougie Hamilton mm. going to Seattle and even the next couple of years, there's some guys who are going to be up. I think, yeah, again, it's another thing of Philly where they have so much money attached to these guys. If you've mentioned God's is fair JVR. Voracek where it just hasn't worked out where I think they might like, this is just my opinion. I think they might have to take a loss on this if he's not selected or do some form of compensation thing, because that's a lot of money for a guy that's really underperforming where, yeah, he had those crazy breakout seasons, but looking at what the core is now in terms of what the money is being attached to, there's the Claude Giroux, there's Jake Voracek, there's JVR. Like these are guys that you don't build your top six around anymore. If you want to, if you want to be a winning team. And I really don't think the flyers are in any position to say that, Hey, we're going to do a full skill rebuild because like they're a team where they've drafted pretty well. They have established guys who could come up, but it's all about like, how are you going to be able to pay these other young guys moving forward? Or how are you going to keep on relying on someone like who Jake Voracek is? Because honestly, like, I like the guy. I've always like. I thought he was a good player. I like his random interviews. Sometimes his answers of are pretty amusing. But I I don't know what the Flyers going to do because they're a team that we've seen for so long how much money they've committed to guys and it just hasn't gotten them anywhere. They haven't been to the finals since two thousand and ten. Just just to add to Daniel's thing about paying young players. Pat, Nolan Patrick's up this year. Travis Sandheim's up this year. <clears throat> Carter Hart is up this year. And next year, Sean Couturier is up, who makes $4.3 million. Oh, my role. And as in that, that is the 2022 summer, right? Correct. Okay, okay, okay. Cat friendly, man. Why do they change over so early? I hate yeah. it so much. <laughs> you know, they kind of, wow, a good defense, always some questions in goal. And underperforming forwards. Am I talking about Calgary or Philly? <laughs> Spin whoa, the wheel. Whoa, whoa. The thing is, okay, this you know, is we were we we went, last year we were having a dis- discussion about Philly, and now we're having a dis- like a discussion about them. Daniel's mentioning rebuild. I'm like, where are we going here? You know, it's fu- funny. Where like a good theme I have with the Flyers is like the way they throw things like, like they throw money or our assets to certain things to trying to fix their problems. Like, yes, JVR, that's the key to bringing back like a solid top six guy for this long. And then now it's like, we had a really disappointing season. 
and we let in a lot of goals. So let's get Seth Jones. <sighs> yeah, Philly. Philly, Philly, Philly. Always a fun time are the Philadelphia Flyers. Okay, we're not completely done with 31 thoughts, but thought number 14. Goaltending situation to watch. Which will ah, what am I doing today? Will Carolina qualify Alex Nedeljkovic? It seems crazy to ask, but there are rumors that Hurricanes are not crazy about his arbitration award potential. I'm not always good with comparables, but Vancouver's extension with Thatcher Demko puts his last two non-UFA years at 2.5 and 4.5 million, including a $1 million signing bonus. Same situation uh, Carolina is going through with Warren Fogel. There's been a lot of interest with him. Offer sheets, back to back, you know, second time in a couple of years, you know. It's 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 not a question I'm sure Carolina fans are, are excited to see. Is you see this young goaltender who's got a lot of promise. And I think people were waiting for him for a couple of years now. And you know, what could have been a situation if they didn't run into Tampa Bay, how far would they have gone in the playoffs? Um but it's going to be a very questionable offseason for, for Carolina all in all. That we already knew there were depth guys, including Warren Fulger, that there were questions about whether they were coming back. We, who knows what's happening with Dougie Hamilton. But now a young goaltender. The one position that this team has been screaming for for years. Since they've been good. Yeah. Because since, since they've been good and then – Daniel will say, well, they have, like, if I bet on episode one, we had Daniel. If we ever talked about Carolina and goaltenders, Alex Njelkovic's name most definitely came up. And now we're having a conversation about them not re-signing Alex Njelkovic, who they seemingly, seemingly have been waiting for the same way that the Canucks had been waiting for Thatcher Demko. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a confusing situation in my eyes. It's just a weird journey for him. Like he was kind of like their guy in the prospect pool that, you know, he was really solid in the world juniors. And then he got a few spots there, but then uh, he's, he's been through waivers for them twice already. And then he, he, he becomes like a candidate for rookie of the year. And then now they're like, I I don't know. Like this is a team where, what are they going to go back to for this? Like in terms of like, you could go into free agency, but like, this is, this is something that every team would want. Like this is a young guy that you have that you still have the potential for him to develop even further. You know, he, also no, go ahead. Go I ahead. was gonna say he'd get snatched up in the first few days of free agency. Yeah. He wouldn't be as expensive as maybe some other goaltenders too, because he's because he's a younger guy. Carolina. They're an interesting team as always. Sebastian Aho wanted to leave, by the way. Never forget. Okay, uh, Leafs and Habs to finish off. We'll start with the Leafs because because of the playoffs. It's been a lot of Montreal stuff lately. And then uh, starting off with the Leafs, mm-hmm. how do you pronounce this new assistant's last name? Uh, Dean. China with. China with. China with. I'm not Ooh. sure. Who, funny enough, I believe was the assistant coach in Carolina who just left. Yeah. And from what I understand ran their power play, which was pretty good. Uh, penalty kill. Penal- oh, penalty kill. kill. Don't trust Twitter, people. Don't he, trust them. Uh, yeah, I believe he ran their penalty kill. I'm just which, double-checking now. 
that's still pretty good. Either way, they're I think they finished their penalty kill finished third this year, which uh the Leafs penalty kill wasn't horrible. It was their power play that was horrible. Yeah. Um but again, like you lose Dave Hackstall who goes to Seattle and to get another guy who can work a penalty kill and listen, like personnel does matter and mm-hmm. the Leafs personnel in terms of penalty kill hasn't been fantastic just because they haven't had a center. Like it's been Alex Kerfoot and Zach Hyman playing center. It's like Zach Hyman played with a torn, what, what was it? An MCL against Boston. It was like, yeah. And he still, they still threw him out there knowing that, but that's a different story for a different day. But it, I think, that if it worked in Carolina, I, I just hope that philosophy can work in Toronto as well. I like to maybe think it's like, listen, um, if if you are someone who gets to work with some of the defensemen in Carolina, yeah, I'm sure eventually you you kind of you would see some of the tendency that makes those defensemen special, right? And maybe you could you could bring that over, um, you know, it's it's so so strange the special teams, um. I think it's a it's a good hire. Um, you know what? As as messy as the North has been, the North. I can't wait for it to leave. As as bad as a news week it's been for a lot of Canadian teams the past few days, the Leafs are on the up here. Um, and what's interesting you mentioned there, Alex, is you bring you talk about Kerfoot and Hyman. What's really unfortunate is both those guys are probably gone. Yeah, and I'm thinking, man. I really, really hope that Phil Deneau does not leave and go to Toronto. Oh, wow. That'd be a... I don't know. They would figure it out. They'd <laughs> Brent Seabrook contract. I'm saying somebody go get the Brent Seabrook contract, damn it. So weird. So weird. So weird. Um, another bit of news regarding the Leafs. They kind of want that. I can't. Can we? Yeah, I, we can say this. That bastard to play against. That gritty. Go to the net. I hate playing against this guy. And who else to get but Todd Perchuzzi's son? No, it's, his, it's his nephew. It's his nephew. Nephew. God damn it. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. But still, you know, they're Close they're enough. in the same they're in the same household. Exactly. They, they, they play like, the same. <laughs> they play this. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I don't think Tyler's gonna go sucker punch anyone, but I hope you know. Not. No, no, of course not. Of course not. Um, But you know, the media would love that because, you know. Hello, Steve Simmons. (laughs) Traders. Um, We are apparently interested, by the way, the Leafs are in Lil Bert, as I commonly call him. (laughs) There is some concern because he just came off of some back surgery, but naturally the Leafs are going to do that unless they know that he's he's medically okay. Uh, He's younger than Hyman. I don't think he would command nearly as much money AKA not six or seven million dollars for six or seven years. Um, but a trade target for them. Oh, yeah, it would be a trade target for the Leafs. And uh, by the amount of people it sounds like they're interested in right now, uh, this is one that you can actually probably believe because it's not Alex Petrangelo. Yeah. Alex, yeah, what? And, and, and it's from the guy, the guy who it came from, uh, I trust. It was Elliot, right? Yeah. Alex, what would be well, the, the Leafs package for Tyler Bertuzzi? Um, Connor Brown, Jeremy Bracco in a second round. <laughs> no, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Like, I hope they don't give up draft more draft picks because they're very thin. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a second, a fifth, and a sixth this year. And then next year, a first, a second, and a seventh. 
So it's extremely thin. Uh, and, and they've done a decent job. Like, again, we won't know the last couple drafts, but just from the last year or two in terms of development, it's people have been saying they've done a good job. But again, who knows? Uh, I, I, I'm not entirely sure. Like, you're probably giving up a prospect. If, if they're not that into Timothy Lilligren, that's my first guess who's included. Like we're going to have to figure this out eventually. Like, are we, is Timothy Lilligren a guy we're going to play or is he not like he's 22 uh, at least give the guy a chance. He's played. They, they threw him into a, sh- a game against Chicago, which was brutal for, for the entire team. And then it's just, I feel like I haven't heard about him since uh, just it, it's there's not, it's going to be prospects. Like we're looking, I'm looking here. You're, you're not give, probably giving up Rodion Amirov. Like, it's a Mikhail Abramov, a Semyon Daragachinsev, a Philip Hollander. There's Joey Anderson. There's Timothy Lilligren, Mac Hollowell, uh, one of their goalies. Like, it's just, it's a combination. I, I don't see how you give up a roster player either. Like, it's it's kind of thin to give up a guy of Tra- uh, Tyler Bertuzzi. Now he's not going to command. I, I, what do you guys think, Tyler? Uh, yeah, Tyler Bertuzzi's value is around four million. million. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but I'm in not- terms of like a trade package, like oh. what, what are we looking at? I don't get why Detroit want to give him up because they want to. Okay, so this is like the Oklahoma City Thunder in the NBA. They just keep getting younger and just keep acquiring draft picks and even younger players. So I'm like, is Detroit trying to do that? Because that was kind of the feeling they had with Anthony Mantha where, you know, he's a good player, but he's not a foundational guy. And by the time they are competitive again, he's going to be in his thirties. Wait, 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 hold on. How old is old Bert? He was drafted 2013. Okay. Hold on. Why can't I not find so the same age as McKinnon? I still don't know. That's so he's, he's only like 27? 26. Yeah, I'll be yeah. 27. Oh, come year. on. You got to keep some guys around. Um, but like, yeah. I don't know. You could probably see because, like, listen, let's not forget this guy. I know it doesn't mean a lot sometimes, but he would say, I'm an all star. Right. Which is so weird to say. Um, you know, um, I, I, I'm you're it, plus if there is a trade, he would probably have the leverage because it's like, so you, you want me, but like, That's I would thing. assume like the package would be like, it's like, you're not going to give up a first, no, nope. like the Leafs hang up the phone. That's the, like, yeah, it would probably be like a second mm-hmm. and a B prospect. Like I sure. like that's like the type of you're not gonna give up more than I would say LA would give up for a um for 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 why can't Victor I Victor so bad with names when we start recording yeah Victor, Victor Arvidsson uh, I don't see it being more than that yeah no I, I I could agree to that um on the contract thing you are not signing you're not trading for for this guy, Tyler Bertuzzi, I forgot his name there for a second, without being able to talk to his agent. Like mm-hmm. that's just, we, we the team went through that before uh, with Jonathan Bernier. And if you do that again, like that's a huge mistake. Like you're not signing, you're not going to trade him. I'm like, you're not going to trade for him and not know if he's interested. And because again, you're then you are giving him all the leverage. 
you know, I, I wonder if it's a, if he tries and go like, it, I think the sweet spot would be like something like a three year deal because he would still be, depending on when his birthday is, he'd either be 29 or 30. He could still probably get a good deal then. Right. Like he could still cash out. And if you do a three-year deal, it lines up with the Matthews deal. It lines up with your Nylander deal. Um, it lines up with the Muzzin deal. It lines up with the TJ Brody. And that's a, you don't want too many players lining up at the same time. But Petruzzi, the way he plays when that contract would initially be done is when you would say goodbye. Yeah. And again, like unless you're a big player for the Toronto Maple Leafs, no offense, but they are a second thought compared to the big four, as it should be with any team. So... I don't know. For them, you probably do a three-year deal around $4 million and you should not give up the sun and the moon for them. is how I kind of imagine it would go. I'm not a GM, but you know. No, I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with what you said there. I actually love that. That'd be like a scrapping guy that's still in his prime. Could play anywhere in the top nine. You're replacing Zach Hyman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it just... This guy's gonna take stupider penalties. Yeah, but at, at some, but you get to a point where you're like, okay, I can accept it if he yeah. does, right? It's like, it's um, uh, it's it's the typical like Marshan gives like a stick between the legs to a guy, and as a Bruins fan, you're like, okay, I can I can, <laughs> I can take that. Um, the Leafs also apparently, per Freeman and, and Thirty One Thoughts, are interested in Rick Tockett. Something I really hated about how Elliot wrote this thought was later on. He also mentioned how Habs um, assistant coach Luke Richardson's up, and if he like if he hits the market, then potentially it could be a fit. I think that was for the assistant coach position. Yes, 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 yes. So I guess those rumors are kind of squashed, <laughs> kind of outdated. Well, I guess. If, well, think about it. if they if maybe the we don't know exactly what they're going to do. So who remind me? So there's the new guy. Yeah. Who are the other assistants? Uh, Manny Maholtra, who yeah. does PK, uh, PP and forwards. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul McLean, who's like a, I, we'll find, you know what? I'll just search up Toronto Maple Leafs coaching staff. They have a few guys, but I, I just, I don't see Tockett or even Luke Richardson taking a deal where they're yeah. not on the bench. Yeah, leave him alone, please. Right. Uh, you've been through enough. So Sheldon Keefe, Manny Maholtra, they have uh, Dean Chinworth, Paul McLean, uh, then Steve Briere, who is their goaltending coach, Sam Kim, who's their video and coaching coordinator, who is new, Jordan Bean, who is their video coordinator and statistical analysis. Do we know the situation of Maholtra's contract? I believe Friedman is making out to seem like he is staying. Oh, okay. Well then, okay. Yeah, never mind. Elliot, don't tank our segments like that. How dare you? Uh, Rick so, Tockett, I feel bad for him. Uh, by the way, the the full Oilers Hawk deal and full Oilers Hawks deal is out. Would you like to hear it? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's Duncan Keith and Tim Soderlund, who I believe is a young guy, but I'm not entirely sure, for Caleb Jones in a 2022 third-round pick. Uh, let me just go double-check this here for a second because I think that means they don't have a second and a third. Oh, my God. Uh, Did you see the condition? Yes. 
Uh, that is next. The 2022 pick will become a second round pick if oh. Edmonton wins three rounds in 2022. And Keith is among the top four in Oilers D time, D time on ice during the first three rounds of the playoffs. Uh, so daily face off and we'll figure out where he's slotting in, but they probably won't win three rounds. So it's probably going to be a second, a uh, third round pick. But there is a chance that he plays like daily faceoff already has him in their top four. Oh, so it's, well, so it's going to be a third because they're not winning three rounds. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> by the way, something else I just saw that was really funny on Twitter, but also kind of kills me. Uh, the cop did sustain some damage today during Tampa Bay's victory celebrations. It will go to Montreal to be repaired. <laughs> God damn it. That hurts so much all right um where are we here um oh yeah and i forgot this happened too god damn it what a bad week what a bad sports week for Habs fans um so beside the fact luke richardson's deal is up hopefully he stays i would be really sad because he does pk in defense and the pk was like 90 percent in the playoffs daniel how do you feel are you happy are you happy in your life right now? Are you happy as a Me? Ducks fan? How do you feel as a Ducks fan? Are you happy with, with yourself? Are you happy with the coaching staff? No, I kind of feel like things are in flux. They need to get a lot better, and these are rough times for the Ducks, but yeah, it's not like I haven't seen this before. So so, so how do you get better in this league? Just curious. How do, how do you get better? What do you have to do well to be a good team in the NHL? Development. Yeah, that's true. Um, look at Tampa Bay, by the way, and like just look at their roster and look where everyone was drafted. It's actually hilarious how good they are. So the Ducks have made a hire to be the new head coach of the San Diego Gull. And if if um and I'll tell you if if um their current head coach, if Dallas Akins doesn't do well, the Ducks already have their next head coach in place. They have hired former Laval Rocket head coach from the Montreal Canadiens organization. Joel Bouchard. I so this happened in the midst of Montreal doing their post uh, their their locker cleanout stuff. By the way, so that was really fun. Um, I I'm so I'm so pissed about this. <laughs> like I can't put this any other way. This is this is terrible. The Habs losing the Cup final to a Julian Brisebois team. Yeah. And then a few days later, the guy who everyone wanted to be coach is now gone. Uh, apparently, nothing's been quite confirmed on this first note. Apparently, there was some disagreement about how exactly Montreal would do some developmental stuff. Uh, it wasn't, there wasn't a lot expanded. Like, Angles hasn't said anything. So, um, John Liu hasn't said anything. So, I'm kind of hesitant about that. However, something was made very clear that, and Mark Bergman expanded on this in his post-media, saying that, uh, Bouchard was offered two jobs. He would remain as Laval head coach, or he was offered the position of being the assist, an assistant coach on Dominic Ducharme's bench. You can kind of assume that maybe then Alex Burroughs would then be the head coach in Laval, which is looking what might happen here now. Uh, apparently, the Ducks made an amazing proposition. Apparently, um, Bouchard liked it, and he felt like they really wanted him. And, and just like that... Um, uh, the guy that this this the city I can't say this city because I'm not there right now has been cheering for to be the head coach 
is gone to the Western Conference. That surprised me a lot, to be honest. Oh, I did not see that coming at all because uh, all we talked about him is like he's the next guy in line. But he wasn't the next guy in line, though. He was that, like, that's the thing. Yeah. It's, it's it was like after they beat Toronto and it seemed like everyone in Montreal had regained their confidence in Dominic Ducharme, and it seemed like Mark Bergevin's job was saved. It surprised me a little bit. Like, I'm not going to lie, but it just, I I think I know what Anaheim's proposition was. It was, okay, if Dallas Eakins screws up, uh, you are our next head coach. And I just double-checked, Dallas Eakins is out of a contract next year. Uh, and unless he over completely overachieves, you will be our next head coach. You know right? what's funny? And, and I just, I don't see that. Yeah. I, sorry, Daniel. Just one second. Yeah, no I just I didn't see that happening in in Montreal, where if you're committing to Dom Ducharme, you're committing to Dom Ducharme, and unless I've misread things, that seems the path that they are going. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was just gonna add that uh, this is what happened to Dallas Eakins in the Leaf, like in Toronto. Right. Like this right. is exactly the same pattern of what happened. Like they, everyone were like, we we hope he's the next guy, and then. No, they stayed with Randy Carlisle. Yeah, that worked out. In the same breath, um, Mark Bergevin said that um, he has one year left on his contract. He will honor it. And that's all we know. Do you think he stays on? I don't care. I want him to leave now. I'm sick of it. I'm so sick of it. I'm, that I'm, changed so quick. I know. Because he, because here's what's could, what's what's going to happen, right? In in a span of a month, the Habs are going to have lost in the Cup final. Yeah. They lose the 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 next prodigy, the the guy who should have been the next head coach of the Montreal Canadiens, who the players love. Evans made it very clear. And he loved having him as a coach. Okay. Yes. Right. How much did we hear about when players went to Laval, came back up and how great they were? Right. Okay. Yeah. So cup final lose Bouchard. They could lose Luke Richardson. Phil Deneau could leave and they could lose Jake Allen to expansion. That's a lot. And 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 watch there. And if they, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't but, know. It's, it's not a good feeling. No. It's not a good feeling. It's not a. It's not a great. Um, it's not amazing because if they've got to make a hire, like they need a new assistant because right. if Barrows is going to go down to Laval, I, I think this, this is a whatever. I mean, sure. I just I will first off whoever it needs to be it needs to be someone who can, funny enough, run a power play. It's uh, it's 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 confusing, gentlemen. Would it's you confusing. just question? Sure. Would you have given Joel Bouchard the job, like the head coach position, if it meant losing him? Yes. Like if if it was either if it's either you are head coach or you leave, I give it to him. Yes. Because in in my eyes, and I don't know if you would agree with me, but in my eyes, that is that was the case like you had to give him that head coaching position because I think if from what the reports are that Dom Ducharme is your head coach next year I think he has a longer leash than maybe some people would like um yeah maybe you're you're not gonna fire him 20 games into a season is what I mean 
Yeah, well, like barring they, like an 0-25 start. Yeah, like, yeah, he's got time. Anaheim could fire Dallas Eakins 20 games into the season, and it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it's just something that <clears throat> I, I can see them doing and bringing up Joel Bouchard or saying, Joel, wait till at the end of the year, we'll make you head coach, develop, just do a full year of development, get your thing going, and then you'll be with these guys in the NHL next year. Like I just, it was, I, I think Mark Bergevin had to make the decision that either Joel Bouchard is our head coach or he's gone. And I don't know if I necessarily agree with the decision he made. I'm worried if there's an ego thing in the way here. For, and not on Bouchard's place. I, 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 do you, I, I, I don't blame you Bouchard. I don't, oh, like, no, I don't blame Bouchard when no, he no, no, it. Like no. even if it was an ego thing, I, it's oh I know I mean it, it's it's Mark Bergevin's ego that's gotten oh, like, I'm terrible okay. because it we have seen ve- we've seen countless times in his tenure that Mark Bergevin's unwillingness to move on something has 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 cost the Canadians and for those of you who are wondering that means Radulov that means Andre Markov um, we have seen and at some point it's worked out like how they never paid the price to get Matthew Shane. Um, but he, uh, it's just, this is a decision that I could very well see bite Montreal in the, in, in the, in, in the behind in a couple of years. Um, I just, it feels like it's every, he is the type of coach that I think everyone just like, like a, a fan base dreams of dreams of, um, I dropped Lego. I'm sorry. I'm stressed. This is what's bad about when I'm in Pickering. Cause I have all my Lego with me and I'm too stressed. I'm, I'm fidgeting. It's just. Uh, Bergevin better have another great summer. Otherwise, um, I don't know. We, we haven't seen how this style of Montreal is going to work in a full regular season, um, as in like the way they played in the playoffs. We'll see how it goes. We'll see what changes there are. But, man, I'll, I'll tell you, it's, um, it's not a great – it's not been a great week for Habs fans. Where's where we had two weeks yet. Who knows? It's just been – the COVID Week is, in a bit. Week in a bit. The COVID has just destroyed any semblance of time. I think most people have, myself included. Yeah. Oh, can't believe it's still 2019. I thought the pandemic started in 20. Well, you know, obviously COVID was a thing in 2019, but our lockdown was in 2020. Yeah. But I remember the other day I was like, did it start in 2019? Yes, but no. Like, so when we go back to Ryerson, what year will it be? When do we actually see each other on t- campus? 2021. We don't know exactly what's going on with campus right now. So I mean, like in our minds, what is it going to be? 2019, we, 2020? We will be students of um, creative school. Oh, that's true. Let's change the name of the faculty. <laughs> Still haven't changed the name of the school. <laughs> who, who woke up and said, yeah, let's change the change it to the creative school. It so like creative. I can't say FCAT anymore. It's like a, it's like a joke of like... Um, like yeah, I'm part of the school of creativity, and it's like you sound like you you sound like a hippie looking for a job. Yeah, I'm what a are creative, we doing? A graduate here? of the creative <laughs> school, man. Like it's so dumb. I'm so upset. At least the Oilers are there to make me feel better about how dumb they actually. And the Senators, and the Senators. <laughs> the price per Duncan Keith would have been higher in terms of assets required from Edmonton if Chicago so, had retained salary from Darren Thanks. Dragon. Thanks. Really? 
Yeah. <laughs> Ryan McLeod, Philip Broberg. Oh, no way. Wasn't there a report like yesterday that any trade involving Jones or Ryan McLeod was a no? Uh, yeah. Well, I, they, they I read both, apparently. I read about Ethan Bear and um, I think Ryan McLeod. But <laughs> imagine asking for Ethan Bear when trading for Duncan Keith. I bet. I bet when Holland said yes, Bowman put the phone down and went. Yes, he said yes, guys. Ooh, why is Barry trending? Let's see. Everyone, guys, go on Twitter. See if there's anything new while we're while we're waiting. Barry's trending because wait, the city or the? <laughs> it's a li- Amanda <laughs> Barry, the uh, from Coronation Street. For oh. <laughs> sake, of course, it's not necessary. Former Coronation Street actress Amanda Barry reacts to trigger warnings that have been added to old episodes of the soap. I'll tell you, some of those older episodes are actually pretty. Uh, I don't blame her. That's England, though. They're weird. It would be nice if, by the way, the country. Did you guys see some of the scenes of people trying to get into um, to Wembley? Yeah, like that's during that the game. Insane. Yeah. Horrible. This is one of those times of the year where I'm like, no, I'm not British, I'm Canadian. <laughs> and it works. Okay. Oh, and then Tyson Berry is why am I seeing pictures of Tyson Berry getting Oh, I guess this is like the defense and jokes being like Oh my god, I forgot Dmitry Kulikov was on the Oilers. Uh third did, frame or something? Uh, I thought they weren't going all in. <laughs> I mean I, I I, I remember I got here. I really I wanted Dimitri Kulikov. Sammy, I yeah. still believe Sammy Vatnin's an option. By the way, foolishly, on Dallas right now. Yeah, Why not? yeah. I think he's up though. Yeah, yeah, he is. He is. He was on waivers. I'm in Montreal. Yeah, yeah. We're not going all in, but we're going to trade a fourth for Dimitri Kulikov. What? Okay. Mm, that's everything. Yeah, that's where we should end the episode. <laughs> Dimitri Kulikov. <laughs> what are we doing here? So we don't exactly know when we're recording next because uh, it kind of, de- de- I think as of right now, we can record next on Sunday. Um, unless like 16 trades happen tomorrow, then it's like, okay, we'll record on, wait, what day is today? Today's Monday. Yeah. Maybe we do Thursday if something gets nuts. But as of right now, the plan is probably once a week. If we end up recording on weekdays, it will be later in the the evening. If it's a weekend, it probably is the normal afternoon time schedule. Um, But it's going to be one a week, unless it's a super busy week. And then probably after free agency, no matter what, it's probably going to be one a week until the season starts up or probably towards the end of training camp, because we're not going to spend two episodes a week talking about preseason (laughs) because no one cares. No one Oh God! What a mess! You have to have like live updates of who gets sent down. <laughs> Sacre bleu! We're just having conversations about like Caleb Jones being sent down for a game. Joel Smith has been sent down to the Utica <laughs> Grizzly Bears for the fourth time in two weeks. Timothy, it's Lilligren. only a paper transaction though. <laughs> Timothy Lilligren once again does not make the team. I. <laughs> I can't wait for that inevitable week of like this person should so get claimed and no one does. Remember how nuts we were when Sven Barchi was available? 
And it was like, Edmonton, go. <laughs> yeah, now he's probably getting bought out. Yeah, but remember that same week, there was like so many wingers that were better than what like, we were having like discussions on who's better, Josh Hosang or Josh Archibald. Like we were having these discussions. Free Josh Hosang. Like, oh my God. And with that, Thank you, the voice said. Great platform as always. Check out the show on all its social medias, including TikTok and all that. It's great stuff. Follow all of us on Twitter as well. Check out Alex's blog, Daniel stuff for the hockey riders, old stuff for the eye opener, CGRU stuff eventually. Check out my YouTube channel. There is a video coming soon. I'm just not over the loss yet. If you're waiting, then sorry. You have to wait. I don't know if you hear a motorcycle, but. Yes. Haven't heard one of those in a while. Yep. That's how we know you're back in Pickering. Yeah, that in the, the room that's way too hot and I have a fan on all the time and it's like, oh man. That's it.